Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 11 called, When the Foundations Are Shaken. Now, when you go to the Lord, this is an kind of an example of how you might pray. Be thou to me a rock of strength. Lord, give me strength. Rescue me quickly. Look at the middle of two. Uh, uh, I don't want to be ashamed. Deliver me, verse one. Rescue me. Be my rock. A stronghold to save me. For thou art my rock and my fortress. For thy namesake thou will lead me and guide me. Some confidence in the prayer. Thou will pull me out of the net which they have secretly laid for me. For thou art my strength. Into thy hand, this is something that Jesus actually prayed from the cross. Into your hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast ransomed me, O Lord, God of truth. Turn over to Psalm 46. We've studied Psalm 46 in a previous Wednesday night study, but let me just show you an example. Uh, this is a very encouraging psalm, but Psalm 46, 1 says, God is our refuge and strength. He's what? He's a very present help in trouble. The word help literally could be translated, he is accessible in trouble. And so whatever drives me to God can be a good thing. If I have trouble and it drives me to God, that's not a bad thing. That's actually a good thing. Just uh, write this one down. Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Go to Psalm 62. Psalm 62. We're going to read verses 5 through 8. Psalm 62, 5 through 8 says, My soul... Wait in silence for God only, 62.5, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold. I shall not be shaken. Sometimes you got to do a little self-talk when you go to the place of refuge. Oh, my, oh God, my salvation, seven, my glory rests. The rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, O oh people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. And then there's that pause we've talked about in the song. It's selah. It's pause, ponder, meditate. What did he just say? Pour out your heart before God. Don't be afraid to give him your anxiety and cares. And then just a few more. Psalm 73, Psalm 73, 26. Psalm 73, 26, making the point, you need to decide to make the Lord your refuge. It's not automatic. It says in 73, 26, my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. Behold, those who are far from thee will perish. Thou hast destroyed all those who are unfaithful to thee. But as for me, the nearness of God is my good I have made the Lord God my refuge, that I may tell of all thy works. Let me give you a practical as you turn over to Psalm 91. Let's just say that you and your spouse are going through something. You're both Christians, but maybe you don't pray together very much. And all of a sudden, there's, there's a tough situation. There's a bill that you can't pay. There's a 
a medical examination coming up that's making you nervous. Wouldn't it be good if we as husbands would say to our wives, honey, I'm just going to pray over you right now. Now, I'm hoping that we're doing that. And I, I think as Christians, we all could say, I, we could do more of that. It doesn't have to be something extreme. But wouldn't it be good if we could lead, gentlemen, lead our families to the refuge and say, let's pray about it. And we don't, we don't always feel comfortable. So, some of us feel much more comfortable in a private prayer than a prayer even with our spouse. But this is how you run to refuge, not just for yourself, but for others. And then in Psalm 91, verse 2, it says, Psalm 91, verse 2, we also studied this psalm, and it's a beautiful, but just for tonight, it says, I will say to the Lord, Psalm 91, 2, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. I will say it. Let the redeemed of the Lord, huh? Is anybody out there? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You gotta, you gotta say it. You are my God. You are my trust. You are my Lord. Say it to him and say it to yourself. Because I do believe that the Psalms reveal that there is such a thing as healthy self-talk. Back to Psalm 11. Now, the psalmist started off with a positive. In the Lord, I take refuge. And I told you, that's a decision you have to make in the moment. And we got to learn to do that better and better and better. And then notice, this. in a hiding place is a lion in his lair. He lurks to catch the afflicted. He catches the afflicted when he draws him into his net. He crouches, he bows down, and the unfortunate fall by his mighty ones. He says to himself, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. Arise, O Lord, O God, Lift up thy hand. Do not forget the afflicted. Why has the wicked spurned God? He has said to himself, Thou will not require it. Thou hast seen it, for thou hast beheld mischief and vexation to take it into thy hand. The unfortunate commits himself to thee. Thou hast been the helper of the orphan. Now, one of the main things that you get out of those verses is that there's a person that lurks and looks for a believer, I'll put that in quotes, a, a person who looks to God and is falling under the pressure of life and that person, that wicked person, wants to unravel them or uh, destroy them. And I can't help but think of some of the worship leaders and uh, those who were leading some rock Christian rock bands who have fallen away and said they're unbelievers I will tell you that there's probably a couple of primary reasons for that. One is they had a crisis of faith and maybe didn't get what they needed in that moment. Um, and, and that certainly does happen. Or it could be that they, they saw some sort of tragedy, call it, uh, you know, evil and suffering, the problem of evil, and began to hear some voices say, you see, you know, there is no God. In Psalm 14, just a few pages away, it says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. And then we, we find out why they say that in Psalm 14. And that the reason that they say that is because they want to live like they want to live with. They don't want to be under the dictates of God and his word. And so the temptation is to flee. Maybe you felt that way even in this time. Maybe 
Maybe you've been considering fleeing, whatever that means. Now, there's a good kind of fleeing, like if you flee from sin, but the other kind of fleeing is fleeing from fear. And that's what fear will cause you to do, is to run away, to flee. Think of that uh, time in David's life when he was willing to take on Goliath, but everybody else was fearful. And the enemy will certainly tempt us to flee. And it could be to flee from Christian commitment. It could be to flee from covenant uh, with your spouse. It could be to flee from a lot of different things. For behold, Psalm 11:2, the wicked bend the bow, a little bit more about the pressure now. They make ready their arrow upon the string. It's kind of bending back the bow now to shoot, to shoot in the darkness at the upright in heart. Here's the problem. The wicked have set their sights on the righteous. And here, David digs down a little farther into the problem. He feels like he is a target. (laughs) And you guys know that like a couple of those scenes uh, when David is sitting at Saul's dinner table and Saul gets up right after a bite of potato and throws a spear at him. (laughs) It's a little, little unnerving, right? You know, you're hoping that you can look down at least during a part of dinner and spares are coming by your, your head by the king. Uh, that's pretty unnerving. And we know that the, we're to take up our shield of faith with which we can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the wicked one. And there are times that, you know, we haven't taken up our shield of faith. Faith is another word for trust. This is a psalm of trust. And we haven't raised up the shield of faith and we've gotten hit. And those arrows hurt. And sometimes we say, man, there's stuff under my skin right now. Thing people have gotten under my skin. I feel you. And sometimes we pull an arrow out and we say, this belongs to you. Please take this. And you're like, no, it's yours, baby. <laughs> Look, Life can hurt. And even though we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, sometimes the arrows that fly at us sure seem like they're coming from flesh and blood. And then he asks a question. If you could translate this, when the foundations are destroyed, Psalm 11.3, what can the righteous do? Now, I don't have to tell you that fleeing to the top of a mountain and wishing you had wings and saying something like verse 3 is probably, if you haven't articulated it, you have probably had it rolling around in your soul. What can I do about this? What can somebody like me do? And if you've said that, let me tell you, there's a lot that you can do. See, if the church would stand together and be the body and be united, there is a ton we can do. Amen? Amen. We saw it evidence this last Sunday when the churches that received the cease and desist orders were packed. And Christians came out in droves to say, you know what? We're going to stand with these leaders. We're going to stand with these pastors. We're going to stand together. Because a house divided is going to what? It's going to fall. Jesus said you can be assured. A house divided will not stand. But a house united, let's take the positive, will stand. Amen? Now, I know Jesus gave us 
the, the negative of it. And he was talking about Satan is not going to be divided against himself. But he prayed that we would be united so that we would stand. Here's an opportunity to stand. Amen. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, I'm Rob Newton, the producer of Walk in Truth. Since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on four radio stations in Southern California, Arizona, Idaho, and Utah, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. Our program has also reached listeners in 49 countries. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth's presence on radio and podcast, and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness. Walk in Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener-supported and to expand into more radio stations as God provides. Our current level of listener financial support is about 25%. Can you give a one-time tax-deductible donation today? Please visit walkintruth.com to donate online or get the mailing address. That's walkintruth.com. If you just tuned in, then you missed the first half of today's edition of Walk in Truth. That's okay. You can listen to this episode and many others whenever it's convenient for you on your free Living Truth app. Walk in Truth is also on your favorite podcast app. Simply search for and subscribe to Walk in Truth on apps like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and many more. Listening to a podcast as well as radio is a great way to get some time in the Word when you're walking, catching up on some work, or if you're like me and just need to listen to some Bible teaching while getting ready in the morning. Remember, you can find Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. See, if the church would stand together and be the body and be united, there is a ton we can do. Amen? We saw it evidence this last Sunday when the churches that received the cease and desist orders were packed. And Christians came out in droves to say, you know what? We're going to stand with these leaders. We're going to stand with these pastors. We're going to stand together. Because a house divided is going to what? It's going to fall. Jesus said, you can be assured. A house divided will not stand. But a house united, let's take the positive, will stand. Amen? Amen. Now, I know Jesus gave us the, the negative of it. And he was talking about Satan is not going to be divided against himself. But he prayed that we would be united so that we would stand. Here's an opportunity to stand. Amen? And to stand together. I'll tell you, tonight we had the prayer meeting before we started. It was so beautiful to hear the prayers of God's people. I'm so encouraged by the prayers of God's people. If the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? It's a question. And sometimes we feel like we can't do anything. In verse 3, uh, some would, would say, this is another taunt from the wicked to the righteous. Your foundations are gone. 
There's nothing you can do. You might as well sprout up those wings and go to the top of a mountain. Just get out of here. Because you, you can't do anything. And that's a scary thought. And I certainly have been looking around these days and going, oh, Lord, what, what should we do? The word foundations there is a Hebrew word. Let me give it to you for those of you who are in, interested. It's shatha, S-H-A-T-H-A-H, shatha. The word foundations is a support or a stay. We build upon foundations, right? It's a basis but it has a nuance in the word of moral laws or political laws. Isn't that interesting? It's the foundation of a culture. It has implications that it's not just like a, a building metaphor. We see those all throughout the Bible. But here it has to do with the moral foundations of a society. And I know that we have been looking at our own country and we see bills being passed at, you know, the speed of light, sometimes in the dark of night, all of a sudden we're like, well, when did that pass? And when did that get voted on? And, and what? And the moral foundations feel like they are shaking, don't they? And, and it, it feels like, what do we do? What can the righteous do at times like this? Well, if you do nothing, then you, you will do nothing. But you can pray and you have spiritual armor and you have a voice and you live in a country where you have a vote. And do you know the number of evangelicals that stay home every time there's an election? It is a tragedy. How many evangelicals stay home every time there's an election? It's more that stay home than vote. I'll just put it that way to you. So we can curse the darkness and say, oh, it's just so terrible. Or we can say, no, I'm going to do something in my generation. And I'm going to ask the Lord to help me to know how to do that well and to do that with compassion and, you know, winsomeness and all of that stuff. And let me just remind you that the guy who wrote this was the king of God's nation when it was at its height, you know, under David and Solomon, Israel really saw its heyday. But what happened to Israel? Were the foundations destroyed? Yes. In fact, the nation became so morally corrupt that God had to judge it on multiple occasions by foreign armies. And that's why there are some that believe that you know, in God's sovereignty, he's allowed this to rock the United States and for that matter, the world. Because if we really pulled back the veil right now and I started going into statistics about what we do in this country and I could just bring up some areas like redefining marriage, sex trafficking, abortion. And we don't believe that the chickens are going to come home to roost. I, I just don't think we have a biblical understanding of God. Uh, God is a God of grace. And there are many people crying out to the Lord and getting right with God. And it always starts with the church. If the moral foundations, of, if the, if, let's just put it this way. Um, somebody once said that politics is simply ethics applied. Politics 
is ethics applied. Somebody's ethics are going to be applied in a culture, right? Now, politics don't answer the deepest needs of the heart, right? But they play a part in a culture. And it was lived out in Israel where the foundations were destroyed, where the people of God did not obey the law of God, where they didn't obey the first and second commandments, where they had high places and idols and acted out with those idols into morality and divorced their wives without cause. And you go down the list and you know what happened and you see the result of it even today. And so we say, well, Lord, please, don't let that happen here. Don't let that happen now. If the foundations are destroyed, the word destroyed there is broken, uh, to break up, to pull down, to overthrow. And I put in my notes, this begs a question. What are your foundations? Do you know that in the last several decades, that's all been undone now. People don't even know what the word foundation means. Do words even have definitions anymore? Whatever it means to you is fine. Unless I don't like it. Then it's not fine. Then it's not politically correct. You've been listening to When the Foundations Are Shaken, Part 2 on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 11. Hey, we'd love to honor you as our listener and put you on our show. Would you call us and leave a short voicemail about why you listen to Walk in Truth or any words of encouragement, prayer, or blessing you'd like to say to your fellow listeners? Simply call 844-48-TRUTH and leave a short message. Again, please call today because we would love to highlight our listeners. Call 844-48-TRUTH today. That's 844-48-TRUTH. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, it's been a crazy year, and it's been a crazy election year, and it's not over yet because there's stuff going on in Georgia, and there's still stuff going on with the presidential election. And a lot of you prayed hard, and you voted, and now you're wondering, okay, what else can I do? How can I get involved to impact my community? Well, I'll tell you what, there is no better way to impact the community than to impact it with the gospel. And especially as you live the gospel, as your family lives it out, as it's seen in your marriage, in your business, in your personal life. I'll tell you what, over the years, I haven't always been in full-time ministry. Some of my greatest opportunities have been in companies to uh, earn the right to be heard. Uh, sometimes on the ball field, sometimes as I've coached a little league team and I've had a chance to live the gospel and share the gospel. This is what we should be thinking about in 2021. And I'll tell you what, we need to have a goal that the word of God would spread rapidly and be honored. And I pray that that would be your goal, because that's our goal for 2021, to see the word of God spread rapidly and be honored in our neighborhoods and in our cities and in our country. And I'd love to invite you to this year's Christmas Eve service at Living Truth Christian Fellowship. Now, many of you know that I'm the senior pastor at Living Truth in Corona, but some of you are new to the broadcast and you might be wondering, hey, where 
where is the church where Pastor Michael serves? Well, it's in the city of Corona. It's called Living Truth, and I'd like to cordially invite you and your family to come out to a Christmas Eve service. We're going to have a single Christmas Eve service, 5.30 on Christmas Eve, of course, the 24th, and you're invited. Now, Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona is located at 1009 Arsenal Way, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. You can find out driving directions when you go to walkintruth.com, click on the church tab, or download the Living Truth Christian Fellowship app in your app store. Look for the red logo with the pillars. Download that and you'll get all that you need, driving directions, service times, and much, much more. But come on out for Christmas Eve. I would love to meet you, love to spend that blessed night together. We'll prayerfully see you then. One more reminder that Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your financial gift helps us broadcast on radio, provide the podcast, and do free apologetic events. It's all part of our mission to equip you with the truth in the Bible and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Please consider becoming a monthly partner, too. $5 a month is greatly needed. Or give a one-time end-of-year tax-deductible donation. Please visit walkintruth.com and click Donate. That's walkintruth.com. Or you can write a check and mail your gift to Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. That's Walk in Truth, P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. And join us tomorrow for the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 11 called, When the Foundations Are Shaken. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.